Welcome to this BGSM podcast. I'm Nico van Dijk, a physio in the rehab department of the Aspetar Sports Medicine Hospital in Doha, Qatar. It is my pleasure to welcome Dr. James Brown and Dr. Sharif Hendricks, postdoctoral researchers at the Division of Exercise Science and Sports Medicine from the University of Cape Town. James and Sharif are emerging voices in the field of sports and exercise medicine, and together they form part of RugbyScientist.com, a platform disseminating the science of rugby. Welcome, James and Sharif. Welcome back to Cape Town, Nicole. Thanks for having us, Nicole. You have recently hosted the inaugural World Rugby Science Network Conference. It seems as if rugby has embraced the science of sports and exercise medicine. Well, the World Rugby uh, Science Network Conference, was, we co-hosted it with Bath University, um, and it was probably the first time that we know of that a, a conference was also uh, run with an online platform. And the feedback we got was there were about 1,600 participants involved online from about 31 different countries. So to some extent, in terms of disseminating knowledge on science of rugby, I think uh, that goal was achieved. So what do you think has contributed to the growth of rugby science over the years? Um, in my opinion, I'd say international collaboration. Work um, from the Rugby Science Network, I think, really ex- exploded um, collaboration and rugby science in the world and these and, and the networks a real network there are real relationships between other universities so for example in our case we work have strong collaborations functional collaborations with Bath University um, Steve Melaliu at Cardiff um, Leeds Beckett Kevin Till and Ben Jones and then from AUT um, Ken Quaddy so what I think yeah, it's, it's, it's these real relationships that actual working relationships where we're actually collecting data publishing together that that's actually helped or or, um, accelerated this growth um, of rugby science and rugby sports medicine sharif there's also a large rugby science contingent at this year's uh, upcoming sasma conference in johannesburg south africa which seems to be encouraging yeah, the theme of the SASMA conference, um, which is being held on the 20th to the 22nd October in Johannesburg, South Africa, is from learners to leaders. And it's basically trying to get the youngsters to come through in sports medicine. Um, some of the keynote addresses will be facing current challenges in sports medicine. And there's a keynote by um, some guy called Karim Khan um, <laughs> on diabetes. Um, and there are obviously there are two uh, the rugby sessions. The one's a rugby injury or rugby sports medicine um, session, and the other ones on concussion and neurology in rugby. Kind of perspectives. Yes, it seems you will have some decent uh, keynote speakers at the SASMA conference, and we all look forward to that. If we look at the rugby World Cup currently underway, it seems like the management of injuries at major tournaments have improved in recent years, specifically in rugby. So let me put it plainly, will there be a catastrophic injury at the this year's Rugby World Cup? Well, so the, the evidence says no. Uh, the, of all the catastrophic injuries that happen, it's, it's probably most unlikely that it would happen at a, at a professional level. So, so probably the short answer is, is no. Uh, what exactly is a catastrophic injury? The various definitions, uh, Boxmart and South African Rugby Union's working definition is, is a head, neck or spinal injury that, that has the potential to be uh, p- uh, life-threatening or permanently disabling. Has the same focus been given to concussion? 
Yeah, so concussion receives obviously a lot of attention. Uh, my personal feeling is that because of all this media attention, the, the positive will be that you'll probably see the most conservative management of concussion at this year's Rugby World Cup that, that we've ever seen um, before, which, I mean, as far as player welfare is concerned, that, that's the most important thing. Do you feel rugby has made headway concerning catastrophic injuries, including concussion? So there's a, a pitch side concussion assessment uh, that's been trialled, which is basically a, a timeout that allows a doctor time to assess the, the player and return him to the field of play if, if he's deemed to not have a, have a concussion. And uh, the only assessment that's available of this, which is published in BJSM, seems to say that it is sensitive and specific for picking up concussions. Here in South Africa, I think quite a good initiative is Clint Reedhead, the SARU medical manager, has installed video footage in the actual doctors, um, in the medical room for the doctor to review all of these incidents from any TV angle. And actually I think that's probably one of the starting points because it's very difficult for a team doctor who has to be patrolling the entire field to actually see the incident that that could have caused the concussion. So for the doctor to be able to actually rev- review this in real time, I think is an amazing step forward. James, you've investigated the effectiveness of the BoxMart injury prevention program in the South African rugby structures. Can we be effective in minimizing injury risk for the individual player? And can this be translated to other sports? So when we examined the effect of BoxMart on catastrophic injuries, it seems to have re- uh, be associated with a reduction in the, ra- the rate of injuries in junior players. As yet, there doesn't seem to be a- an effect on the senior players, but hopefully with time um, that, will, that will transfer to the senior level as well. In terms of transferring to, to other sports, in, in terms of how we assessed it as more of a broad implementation uh, view of BoxMart, I think that allows trans, uh, us to transfer things we've learned about how the program's working and possibly not working as well, it was in, as, well as, as it was intended to other sports. And I mean, of, of any context, I think South Africa is a particularly difficult uh, context to implement any sort of health intervention. So if it can work in South Africa, I think it can work in a lot of other countries. Sharif, what is the missing link in injury prevention? Are we getting closer or do we still have a long way to go? There's obviously some work to be done, but I think we understand now the the problem and the extent of the problem in terms of um, preventing injury. So in this case, I'm talking about the epidemio- epidemiology stuff. I think we, we we know enough now. It's still good. We have systems in place now, and we're collecting more data. And so we've taken the next step. So we're understanding more about injury mechanisms. Um, we're working on stuff and looking at injury mechanisms within the tackle and concussion injury. But from the implementation point of view, um, there's a quote from Paul Arden. A bad idea executed is better than a good idea not executed. So in that's in t- um, applying that quote to injury prevention, um, putting out an intervention and then learning from how that injury prevention or intervention worked, it's probably better now than n- trying to design this perfect or ideal injury prevention program. So what have you learned about the risk of contact sport for young players? Should we protect the youth more than our senior players? Um, okay, so I'm going to talk specifically about tackle contact here. Um, I think in terms of how we used to think about tackle contact, people were like, avoid tackle contact in training 
to protect them in turning, but it kind of actually increased the risk of injury in matches. So now we need to approach contact to better prepare players for contact. So from a youth development point of view, I'd say we need to start prepping um, kids more for contact in matches. And I'd personally, for in my opinion, I think that would reduce the risk of injury in matches if we prep players better. So to actually have the contact situation as part of sports-specific training. I'm going to punt this, and we've punted it on Rugby Scientist.com, like tackle bags and shields. We need to make away with that. But obviously, so where I would come in from the injury prevention side of things is once an injury does happen, unfortunately, a youth player should be especially well looked after. Um, all injuries, including concussion, but they really their injuries need to be managed as best they can so that when they return to play, that they're fully fit again. Thank you, gentlemen. Some interesting thoughts and great insight into how rugby has embraced science uh, and improved injury prevention. Uh, any predictions for the World Cup winner this year? We don't really need prediction. I mean, obviously, the Springboks are going to win. <laughs>